certainly fascinated by it, though. The idea of cocaine just kind of spotted there. And how often has cocaine been found at the White House before? Has, has Probably it... <laughs> more often than we would think. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstadt. Get those worked out now. <laughs> Eric and for Vince. Vince is back on Monday, although we are going to hear from Mr. Vetrano because he always likes to work for us even on his days off. Vince is going to be on the program coming up at 830 this morning. Have a Dude, question. Dude, texting me. Can I get on the show? Can I get on the show? Please, please, Vince, please. you're off. You don't need it. Can I get on the show? Vince, you don't need Can I? Fine. Fine. We'll find a room for you. Fine. What are we going to talk about? Actually, I know exactly what I want to ask him. We got to learn what he thought of the new Indiana Jones movie. So we'll get his review coming up at 8.37 this morning. Mike Spalding in studio. My thanks to Mike all morning long for joining us on the program. David Lazga is keeping an eye on the roads. And this situation on eastbound 94 is odd. There are a lot of vehicles involved in this as far as um, taking care of the scene. There are several trucks there, several first responders there as they're trying to pull this vehicle out from the ditch. Is that right, Debbie? That's what it looked like, because they had one of the tow trucks that had a, a big arm, like a big old crane that was uh, looked like they were trying to get something out of the ditch off on the right. So uh, that's what, that right lane's been blocked for a long time. This is 94 Eastbound near Brookfield Road there in Waukesha County. So we'll check in with Debbie here, and, and then again in a couple of minutes. So where are we on the fireworks? I, I, I think that... Obviously, America's independence, big deal. We're already going to start celebrating the, what would it be called, the 250 here coming up in a few years? The Bicentennial Plus. Yeah, so whatever it's called. <laughs> we're already ramping that up. We already saw some celebrations with that. So July 4th, huge deal. I, I, I say you get a week. The amateur fireworker can have a week to so, celebrate. So in that week is the 4th. In the middle of that week, so you get a couple days on the front end, you get a couple days on the back end. Does the fourth kick off the week for you? Uh, that's not, a good question. I think like a 15-day swing now. It really kind of depends on where the weekend is. So right now, I'd say normally, if like, say, what did uh, Debbie say? Next year, the fourth gets kicked to Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then, okay, so maybe we hear some Wednesday night through Sunday, and then that would be that would be it. But when it's... Right smack dab on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I think you need both weekends to celebrate. I think you can expect. With fireworks, though, I, you can expect it, sure. But, like, is that the right thing to do? <laughs> no. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm okay with people doing it. And just not at 1230 at night. Just come on. Call it off at, a t- at like, 10 or 11. See, come on. I think we celebrate now, Debbie, by firing off fireworks right now. <laughs> 4 a.m. When we're in here tomorrow at 4 a.m., we should just start launching them off. Right outside the house of the people that were going off at 1230 last. Uh, where are you on this? 855-616-1620 on the Old National Bank talk and text line. Yay or nay on the amateur fireworks? 855-616-1620. I'm not, obviously I want everyone to do it safely and whatnot. I don't mind it. Um, and I slept through most of it last night, I think just because I had the air on. Didn't have the windows open, so I wasn't hearing the amateur pops, if you will. I had so many pops outside my window. Really? Yeah. And you know what, I, what annoys me even more? You can't even see them. Like it's just as like a pop noise <laughs> right. happens, and like the sky doesn't light up or anything like that. That annoys me more. Like, what? Why are we doing this? 
I was trying to see them a couple of days ago. You're right. I heard the same thing and was like trying to like see. We run up to the second story, just like trying to see if we could spot them anywhere and nothing there. It'd be one thing if they were trying to scare away the evil spirits or something like that, that we actually believed in that. Now it's just making noise for the sake of making noise, going, Marka! Now we're celebrating. It's a birthday, (laughs) Independence Day. celebrating. We can clap and dance and It's the cost of freedom. Okay. Fireworks, yes. Cost of freedom. Yeah, well, I agree. <laughs> no, that's a tough one too. Because the last thing you want to do is have cops have to deal with having to chase down everybody. And I'm already I'm okay with that too. We, we got a few emails over the weekend with people saying that oh yeah, there were fireworks. They're illegal, obviously, in Milwaukee. We called the police, and the police were not exactly uh, <laughs> in a hurry. Well, someone's to, head right, is to go off by a thread. Yeah, yeah. I, and like I'm okay with that too. Right, like the threat of the police maybe showing up, I think, is enough to deter people from mass shooting off fireworks. But if you're going to shoot them off anyway, knowing it's illegal, I, I don't think I need the police department to be necessarily concerned with my neighbor shooting bottle rockets. Right. You know, that's just yeah, I'm okay with that. Eight five five six one six one six twenty in the old National Bank talk and text line. So I say, give it a week, at least when it's on this on this weird. Tuesday, Wednesday cycle that we're on. Tied to the weekend. In this case, it might have to be two weekends. Mike texted in agreeing with me. I agree with Eric. Thank you, Mike. Here's one uh, from the 414. I have a toddler, so I hate late night fireworks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can, I can respect that. I understand that. Here's one from the 262. I wish people would stop fireworks by 1030. Thank you. There you go. I'm okay with that. 11 o'clock. Good yeah. call today. Yeah. It's, it's tough when people have kids and wakes them up. I get it, though. This is a once-a-year thing. So, and I, yeah, like it's it's the, the holiday. It's, it's the daylight saving thing, right? It's one day of the year or two days of the year, say, can we just, can no, we just move Eric on? No, Eric wants a whole week. Yes. <laughs> Here's one from 920. The 4th should be celebrated on the 4th, not on July 1st. Should we celebrate Christmas on 1221? Yeah, who cares? They're just well, gifts. Actually, it doesn't matter. Technically, a lot of people do celebrate Christmas early. Yeah, if you have two families, holiday. we split We split the holiday. We do one Christmas a week early, one Christmas a week the, the actual day. And the country starts celebrating Christmas in October, really. <laughs> <with> our- <laughs> We're going to start pretty soon here. Show up your local Costco. You're going to get the trees out soon. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. I'm Eric Bilstead. Vince is back Monday, but he's going to join us after the news at 8.30. We'll explain why here in a minute. Also, we need to get to the uh, blow at the White House story. What's with the nose candy at the White House? How does that happen? Why does that happen? Uh, Lots to get to on that. Uh, We had Karen Travers from ABC News who works at the White House daily she gave us some good insight into exactly where the cocaine was found. So we'll bring that back here uh, before we get out of here at 9 o'clock. So I say you get a week, a week grace period at most for amateur fireworks celebrators around the 4th of July. Because it was on a Tuesday, so now it's Wednesday. Like, so are we done or do you get to bleed into next weekend? And I think, uh Maybe you get to bleed into the weekend a little bit. Other people don't think so. Uh, from the uh, Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Here's one. I agree with Eric. Hey, how about that? Here's one from the 414. Why excuse fireworks for any reason? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Steve texting in. Yep, three days before and after and none after 11 p.m. Okay. There you go. That's a common sense solution right there. So nothing after 11P, three days before, so January 1 to January 7. 
There you go. Here's Carol texting. And my parents used to own a resort in northern Wisconsin. They did not allow fireworks of any kind any day. It was in the list of rules. Fire hazard and respect for neighbors. Oh, that's... I get that. That's a resort. I understand that. Guests would try to get away with fireworks all summer long. Yeah. Nah, yeah. If you got a resort, you can't be doing that if it's someone else's place. Uh, here's one. Greg from Greenfield texting in on the old National Bank talk and text line. Let them fire it off, and I hope they get hurt so it can teach them to stop launching illegal fireworks. Wow. You can't wish harm. Come on. <laughs> wow. We're better than that. Uh, here's one. I live on the northwest side, and the fireworks have been going off for the last month. They were being blown off last night from 8.30 until 3.30 this morning. There'll be more tonight and throughout the summer. I'm totally in favor of restrictions. 10.30 on the 4th only. All right, I get it. Yeah, I understand. If you're, if you're hearing it all the time, I get it. Uh, Marion Brookfield, another one who agrees with me, giving it kind of a grace period of seven days at most. From the 414, generally thinking just on the 4th and knock it off by 11 p.m., but then also need to account for cities that go on different days. Yeah, so that's different. Like, So I'm all for, like a lot of the different cities and villages and municipalities, instead of competing with each other on July 4th, have their festivities, their events, their festivals, and then they have the permit, and then they actually have professional fireworks. That's different. I got no problem with that. That's If, if you're throwing a party, you're having a, I don't know whether it's a one of those church parties or if it's another festival that's taking place or there's something along the lake and you want to do that anytime and you have the permits pulled and all that yeah yeah go, or go if you celebrate a firework yeah, or if you that. live in franklin you don't want to compete with the downtown right yeah fireworks, you do it a then, different day yeah i agree with that and that usually is at 9 15 and mm-hmm. then they're done by 9 40 joel from eden is texting in i wouldn't mind a little banging going on every night <laughs> okay <laughs> he's not <laughs> i wonder what he's referring also, to fireworks shows cool <laughs> there are no restrictions there i suppose it is 8 22 coming up next we're, we're going to bring you some specific detail on where this cocaine was found at the white house how did this happen is my question but where was it found the details on that we'll bring that to you right after the break Wrapping up the fireworks talk, I was suggesting that, you know, have a grace period, maybe seven-day grace period of allowing people to do their amateur fireworks. A lot of people texting in and saying, like, no, I'm tired of it. It's been going on for weeks. Now, that's different. This has been a, something in a neighborhood where it's been going off for six or seven weeks in a row of amateur fireworks. I totally get why you'd be frustrated by it. I'm just speaking specifically around Independence Day. Here's one from the 262. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old at home, and I wake up really early for work. I'm going to go outside the house and light some off at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> so that's one way to get back at that. I could have related to that this morning. I'll tell you that. Fire some off before coming in. Uh, one more here. Uh, this is interesting. This one says, we live in a subdivision with about 85 homes and perhaps 10 of them do fireworks over the past couple of years i've learned of at least three veterans in our neighborhood for whom the fireworks are hugely triggering for their ptsd i asked brandon snyde about that and he's off today unfortunately brandon snyde our sports reporter who obviously many people know is a uh, veteran and uh, he was very he gave me some very poignant remarks on that i might bug him about that tomorrow when he's back um, because I, I, I wanted to hear a thoughtful comment on it from someone who's, you know, who's a veteran. And I, it, it was very interesting what he said. So I want to, I want to ask him about that tomorrow. We'll bring that to you. Um, going over to the cocaine situation. <laughs> so now to the Coke at the white house. Um, they don't call it the white house for nothing. Eric. <laughs> the Coke house. Uh, so they found cocaine in the West wing on Sunday 
Uh, the president is not is not there. He's at Camp David. They had to evacuate the building because they weren't quite sure what it was. They called it a cocaine-like substance, so they it's suspected to be cocaine, but they haven't really confirmed it yet. Karen Travers works at the White House. She's with ABC News, and she joined us earlier, and she described basically exactly where this was found. Yeah, so I will say with the caveat that we do not know or we can't tell you the specific location. The Secret Service has not said that, just saying that it was in the West Wing. And I think to set the scene for you, when when you see pictures on TV of the White House, you know, with the big columns in the front and back and the fountains outside, that's the executive residence, the executive mansion. That's where the president and the family live in the White House. It's where the East Room is, the state dining room, the big house that you think of. The, the West Wing area is separate from that. It's connected, but separate. And that's where this was discovered. But the West Wing area is where the cabinet room, the Oval Office, Uh, the Roosevelt room, the situation room, the press room, the press briefing room where we work out of, that's all connected and part of the West Wing. So again, no specific detail on where this was found, just that the Secret Service is saying the West Wing. Yeah, so unfortunately at this time, that that would indicate that quite a few people may be in and out of some of these areas, but it was Sunday of a holiday weekend. But apparently, and this is something that I did not realize, I've never toured the White House Parts of the West Wing are open to the public, says Karen. Visitors are able to tour parts of the West Wing outside of business hours. So it's not uncommon to see people. We see it all the time. You know, after the end of the workday, tour groups might come through with White House staffers who are able to bring people in with their badges. On the weekends, you see people bringing by uh, the briefing room or other parts of the West Wing. So it's not a exclusive area. It's a relatively highly trafficked area after hours, and it was a holiday weekend. Not surprising if people were around. ABC's Karen Travers, uh, who joined us earlier on Wisconsin's Morning News re- regarding the situation with the cocaine. Um, it's so interesting. Like Some of these stories, like this seems pretty dramatic. And if uh, I... I I don't imagine that the commander-in-chief himself was involved in this in any way, but we'll find out more details. He's obviously not there. Obviously, his son is uh, battled addiction, so there's a lot of speculation that his son was somehow involved. But I would have, I would gather that just from what we're hearing and where this was, or at least what portions of the West Wing there are, I mean, it could have come from any number of different places. We just, we just don't know yet. Um, certainly fascinated by it, though. The idea of cocaine just kind of spotted there. And how often has cocaine been found at the White House before? Has Probably it- <laughs> more often than we would think. All of those powerful people oh, go there. Boy. You have meetings. And they work long. long hours, Mike. And staffers. Right? I'm, staffer 24-hour a day. Like there, you, there's no break. Again, we're not justifying any of this, but it's just it's interesting to, to find out. Uh, I'm very curious to see where this goes. Uh, and this is, again, like one of those stories that, like, in a different era – could have like stalled a presidency as far as, you know, something crazy that happens. But I feel like over the past 10 years, something crazy has happened at the White House every other minute. Well, if you're President Biden, do you just, yeah, I don't know, Corrine Jean-Pierre, does she tell you, hey, by the way, this was found. And you're just trying to, you know, be what? on vacation over the 4th of <laughs> July and you just shake your head. Yeah, Give me like, another on. Miller Lite, please. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I okay, cool. I'll talk to him Wednesday when I get back. I don't want to talk about this now. on Wisconsin's Morning News. The big weekend for Indiana Jones. 
the dial of destiny, the final of the Indiana Jones franchise, and one of our favorite people, of course, who loves the movie more than anything, and joins us now on the phone because he can't get enough work. He was texting all morning long, asking, hey, can I come on? Dude, my phone was blowing <laughs> up. WTMJ's Vince Petrano joins us. Hi, Vince. That last part, no, that last part was not accurate. I was not texting you. <laughs> hey, guys, guys, please, 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 can I go I'm, you guys got space for me today? <laughs> like, fine. His name's on the show. I suppose we can. <laughs> actually, no, we, we woke up. Actually, I'm sure you're awake. But we texted Vince and said, hey, we got we to gotta get him on because I know you saw the film. I have not seen it. And I'm just okay. so curious to get your take, how you felt about this iconic franchise, one of the most iconic in the history of film, coming to a close. I really liked it. I think they did a great job, Eric. There was, there was nothing I was left wanting more of. Um, but, you know, you were, you were worried it was going to be stupid in some right. way, right? There's a little bit of stupid. You and I disagree on this, but in Temple, uh, definitely in Crystal Skull, there was a lot of stupid in there. So you're just <laughs> worried, right? Is this going to be stupid? And I'm going to say, okay, it was great to see everybody, but the story was dumb and, and all that. And it, and it wasn't. I thought it was a very good story. The, the script, the plot was interesting, fun. The characters were well done. You know, Sala was back. He was the only one who was a little bit clownish for my, for my like, right. but it was worth it to hear him say, Indy. <laughs> Just to have him bring it back. All right. Yeah. Exactly. So you weren't, you weren't, as you were watching this two and a half hour movie, I mean, it's fairly long. You weren't hoping that it would end sooner. I wasn't. I mean, w- toward the end, you're like, this has got to be just about wrapping up. So I was maybe a touch long, I suppose. Um, but again, this is the last time I'm going to get me any, any Indiana Jones. So I, w- I was willing to take whatever. Um, something else I thought of that, that I thought was well done. They have this sort of male side, young male sidekick, as they are wont to do in the series. Mm-hmm. They didn't screw that up this time. He was not overbearing as Short Round was, and I don't even know what the dude was in, in Crystal Skull. I guess we, let's just stop even mentioning that one. <laughs> that movie didn't even exist. I got right? it. Okay. Let's stop, stop accounting for it. But, the, you know, the, um, the young guy in this one was sort of the sidekick, accomplice, if you will, of okay. the goddaughter. Mm-hmm. And he was there. He played important roles, but he didn't take over scenes. He wasn't overbearing. You weren't sitting there thinking like, I, like, I came to see Indiana Jones, not Indiana Jones' friend, sidekick. So I was wondering about that, and if there's any way to answer this question without spoiling the film, would okay. you expect some type of spinoff? I know it's not supposed to be Indiana Jones, but could some storyline be spun off from what you saw on the screen yesterday? I mean, you always could, just like there's always something else to chase, but they didn't leave things, they didn't leave cliffhangers. There was nothing left, no unfinished business. If they wanted to, to spin off with the female character, his goddaughter, Helena, who I thought was also very well done, sure, you could do that. She could go on her own adventures or whatever, but there was no, there was no work left to be done, no unanswered questions about Indiana Jones. So, Vince, you pretty much had the same review as our... Uh partner in the afternoon, Sandy Mack. She saw it on oh, good. over the weekend because we had talked about it Friday on the afternoon show and we're all kind of wishy-washing on it so she decided to go see it and ranked it kind of right there in the middle. One thing she said stood out to her though was the like the CGI and like the quality of 
the computer graphics. She's like, it did not take me out. And from my understanding, there's a pretty immediate scene right when the movie starts, which I said was risky because if it's bad CGI at the beginning, you're risking like taking someone out of the movie and not being able to buy back in. What was your your thoughts on the de-aged uh, Harrison Ford? Only because you knew it was. Could you maybe detect a little bit, Mike? But like, <clears throat> right, I was prepared to be a little bit weirded out. Like, and I don't know, his face isn't moving right or something that looks not right here. I thought it was very convincing. And it didn't bother me. I also thought it would bother me. But, I, I, you know, as soon as I got over that initial of, like, maybe I'm seeing a little something that's uh, slightly off, I just was in. It was like young Indiana Jones. It was amazing. So, obviously, nostalgia is one thing. We knew that you'd probably appreciate most of the movie. Sure. They'd, have to re- they'd really have to throw a wrench in there, for I think, for you to leave upset about it. But what about through the eyes of a teenager? What did your daughter think? And she's not even that into the series, E. So, um, you know, my, my son went as well. I knew he would like it. Um, but uh, she, of, of my three, was probably least into the series. She kind of mm-hmm. went because it was something to do, and we said we'd buy her food. So, you know, that's <laughs> it all always good. works. Look, we'll get you something to eat, all right? Just, uh, she really liked it. She said uh, it made her want to go back and watch some of the others, so she understood the callbacks a little bit and uh, a couple of the other characters. But she also said she didn't feel like she needed she needed to, like she understood the story and it stood on its own. So um, it was just, it was a good movie, a good summer blockbuster. Yeah, good. You got me now. I'm excited to go see it. I'll go catch it this week sometime. WTMJ's right, report back to me. Vince Vetrano joining us on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I, I, how did your reading go? How did the uh, Declaration of Independence reading go yesterday? The document was proclaimed from the steps of Village Hall Very in Greendale, nice. proudly by many. Uh, mm. <laughs> did you see the picture I posted? Did you see who stood next to me? That was Bob Donovan standing next it to you, was, right? I told you, yes. <laughs> State Representative Bob Donovan. Fantastic. Please tell me that you, when you read the document, you did it read- in your Bob Donovan impression. When Just- in the course of human events, <laughs> it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve themselves from the political bands which bind them to another. That's oh, all I know by heart. That's fantastic. You would have stole his thunder. You could even looked at him while you did it. Right. And then he's next, and what's he supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have I a be- Toronto impression. I believe the gentleman just took my turn. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about you too this morning, Vince, because I, I'm sure you're aware of this cocaine found in the White House story. And I was like, man, if Vitrano was here, we'd be all cocaine bear. <laughs> This is how it sounds in the White House right now. Let's let's see how he react to it. (laughs) Let's see how it was. No, the line was. Let's let's see how it affects him. Yeah. (laughs) I think think your current team assembled is entirely capable. Oh yeah, that's some fun with that. Something tells me that still might be in the news next week. Anyway, all right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Appreciate you jumping on. All right, see you guys soon. All right, buddy. Vince Petrano from Wisconsin's Morning News. It's the type of stuff dreams are made of. Maybe nightmares. Yeah, I don't really want to go on that roller coaster. Okay, fine. I'll go on it with you. Oh, we're stuck upside down. Hours later. Oh, we're still stuck upside down. This happened at the Forest County Festival in northern Wisconsin on Sunday. The roller coaster is called the Fireball. 
which of course is just a great name for a roller coaster. Absolutely. Because if there's something I want to happen to my roller coaster while I'm on it, I want it to become <laughs> a fireball. A good, that's a good point. <laughs> so it basically has like this loop-de-loop in it, right? So like it spins upside down and all this stuff. And you're in, you know, the little roller coaster cars where you have the shoulder harnesses or whatnot. And it got stuck on the top of the loop. Like at the worst possible time, this thing got stuck. And what I haven't heard is if it did that slowly, like if it slowly crept up there or if it was just a quick boom, done. But anyway... Eight passengers, including seven children, were suspended upside down on this roller coaster for hours. It's really hard to hear your kid yell your name and you can't help them. You know, they're only 11 and 8, so it's pretty scary for them. That's Katie DeClark. Her daughters were among those stuck on the ride. It was caught on video, at least the after effects, this guy videoing. There's an old guy in the in the first one. Hopefully he's doing okay. Yeah, everyone seems to be all right now. My goodness. Yeah, so here's the issue with this. So this would be difficult to fix even in any area, whether it's congested or not. You're talking about the Crandon Fire Department. They're getting this call. Uh, okay, um, we're going to need a bigger truck. Uh, the fire department did not have the equipment capable of making a rescue, so they had to lean on some of the other departments to get this taken care of, and it took some work. Each of the patients had to be harnessed, um, you know, as well as the guys that were on the bucket on the platform, you know, were harnessed in with safety equipment as well. Yeah, so what they did was is they brought up some cherry pickers, multiple ones, obviously, and brought those under the people that were hanging upside down for hours but one of the issues that they had a challenge with is apparently there's like one button that'll release the harnesses. And if you've ever been on a roller coaster, you know, when you get on them, right, They're, they come down and then they all come down at the same time. They all get released at the same time. So it's not really where you can just do one and then the next and then the next. So you had to make sure everyone was harnessed and then reharnessed, and then that there was a space for them to go after they were taken down. So they eventually did it. But it took forever. I mean, it just took hours for them to finally get everyone down. Uh, the cool part is, is that they're pretty proud that they were able to. The, the fire departments that were involved were very proud that even though this was like the most unexpected situation ever, that they were able to handle it. We put countless hours of training and time and effort. And, um, you know, our job is to save, save people. So, um, you know, just count on us. We're going to be there for you. We're going to make sure that you get out safe. What's your training like on that day? Okay, so today we're going to train on suspended upside down roller coasters. <laughs> That's what we're going to work on today. You never know when the fireball is coming to town. <laughs> yeah. Or today we're going to train on amusement park rides that go out of control, including bungee cords and ejector seats and everything else. So it, It's the uh, the improv night for the fire department <laughs> yeah. in Corandon. All right, you just start naming stuff, and we'll make up the scenario, and here we go. Is that how they do it, or they just draw out of a hat? Yeah. Uh, oh, fireball, fireball. Not, okay. not that fireball either. Yeah. Here's my favorite line. So ABC's Lionel Moise, he like does, did this story uh, over the weekend. And you heard from that, um, that, that woman who was talking about her kids, the Katie DeClark. So Lionel Maurice brings her up in his report. And I like what he had to say about the, uh, the family and the daughters afterward here. After nearly three hours, all passengers made it down safely. But for Katie DeClark's daughters, that may be the last roller coaster ride they take. They do not want to ride any more roller coasters. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. I wonder why. 
So they're not scarred, huh? Or it sounds like, yeah, they're not getting on any roller coasters anytime soon. I can't imagine why that'd be. 8.53, we check in with Steve Scafidi next. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Wisconsin's Morning News, giving way to Steve Scafidi. Okay, so if you are holding a phone... Right now, scroll through it real quick. Just scroll through it, anybody. If you're listening, you want to just check your phone, just go to a quick app real quick, and then I'm going to ask you something here in a minute. So while you're scrolling your phone, Steve, did you hear what David Ross had to say yesterday? So he's the manager of the Cubs. I, oh, yeah, I heard a little bit of it. Yeah, he was a little incensed about the... Uh... He was worked out, He was thrown out of the game arguing balls and strikes, yeah. but then in, during his post-game rant about balls and strikes, he mentioned the roof at AmFam Field. I know it's not an easy job, but there's, there's just there, there's some of the, the pitches that got called today just weren't even close. And so um, it's got to be better. You know, They're closing the roof to get rid of the shadows late. There's just a lot of bullshit going on today that just was really frustrating. <laughs> they asked him again, wait, what about the roof? I thought it was horse shit. I don't know. <laughs> he almost went like full Lee Elia, right? So I think what they have to do tonight if it's not raining is just open and shut that thing every inning, just have that going all the time. I thought they didn't do the in-game stuff anymore, right? Well, they do. Well, weather. yeah, depending on because there was uh, some weather moving through the area. Yeah, maybe. Thunder yeah. thunder was happening. A little bit, so. yeah. Yeah, so he, he believes it was for uh, nefarious purposes to let their hitters not have the shadows that can get in the way of the pitches. But Okay. So, did you scroll through your phone like I, I did? Asked you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I'm right now scrolling through my phone. So, if you scroll through your phone, I got a good look at what you're doing there. It depends on how you scroll through your phone, how old you are, apparently. If uh. you scroll through your phone with your index finger, you're old. Hmm. So I'm not old. Congratulations, yeah, so Steve. You are young at heart. That's according to a new poll by the maker of Candy Crush. They found that 80% of Gen Zers use their thumbs to scroll. 65% of millennials use their thumbs, but while the younger generations are thumbing through mindlessly, 73% of boomers say they use their index finger instead. Yeah, I've seen that in action. So that makes me not old. Yeah, so what about the one-handed thing as much as I do all the time? Well, that's just it. Like I was telling Mike this, I don't understand the actual... I, I use my thumb also because I'm using one hand. Right. Whereas, I mean... You guys got big hands. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, but using two hands, that just seems kind of inefficient. When you're what? so they're well, they're holding with one hand and then scrolling with the index finger. Yeah, that is old person stuff there. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends on what you're doing with the one hand thumb because if you're trying to text, like you don't text with one hand, do you? Uh, sure. Yeah. You don't use two thumbs when you text? No. Oh, I guess I have. But not oh, if much you're trying to like something long, yeah, you'd have to. Not but much anymore. Short, no, I can. I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back in the Must day when nice. you had to do like the dee, 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 yeah, like T9 the, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that I would do the two two thumbs. But So do the new, like they have flip phones still. You can still buy the old, like new versions. Of, do they still do that? They don't do the three character thing, right? Mm, I don't think so, okay. no. I think that we're would be beyond insane. that one. Why would you have that? Yeah, I think we're beyond that. Steve Scafidi is next. What are you working on? Uh, talk to some law enforcement, including this uneasy relationship between the police and, and fireworks displays in, in neighborhoods. That's coming up. All right. Sounds good. The Steve Scafidi Show, right after the news, right here on WTMJ. I know it's not an easy job, but there's there's just there, there's some of the, the pitches that got called today just weren't even close. And so um, it's got to be better. You know, they're closing the roof to get rid of the shadows late. There's a lot of bullshit going on today that just was really frustrating.